Hello and welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman, and, and jo- I'm Emma Corey. Hey, oh, hey, hey, folks. Let's be honest with you. It's the summertime still. As much as Mother Nature, it may. is clinging on to its last breaths. Oh yes, and we are gonna be holding on it a little tighter. Like, we got our little coconuts here. We got some mimosas on lockdown, as far as you know. You have to lock down the mimosas? Yes, I mean, trust, do you know how many suburban moms around here will just flock like a horde of zombies? They break into your house to steal? Oh, yeah, exactly. And to help us with this mood, we are going tropical as we explore... Barbie, the island princess. Or Barbie as the island princess? Oh, yeah. I'm kind of confused on this title. Yeah, they do this. uh, They did the same thing with Princess and the Popper, where it's like Barbie as the princess and the Popper, which is doubly confusing for that movie because it's like there are two characters. Only one of them is Barbie. No, they're both Barbie. They're both voiced by. Oh, they are voiced. Yeah, yeah, they just have different voice actresses for the singing voices, but they are technically both barbie yes so emma you've seen this movie i have and i remember um enjoying it when i saw it i remember it's got kind of a almost sort of a disney's tarzan vibe if tarzan was barbie and also not as feral and blonde and And, uh wore more clothing yeah and um but it's kind of got that vibe i don't know also the aesthetics of this movie also reminded me of that one movie nims island do you remember that yes i do it was boring it was such a boring i've never seen it before but i know that that's i know that that's a staple for some kids yeah the being a kid who just like hangs out with animals all day oh yeah yeah that's i feel like many people could relate especially mm-hmm. with such beautiful animals like the ones we're gonna see today oh yeah i can't wait i i remember this having some memorable side characters in it so. yeah all right well uh i haven't seen this movie before i've only casually glanced at like clips of the show including some of the musical numbers as well as a couple of fan animatics people have been making for it which I don't know, that seems pretty interesting to me. But the thing that's gotten me really excited for this movie is the fact that we're doing another musical. Yes. Like, uh... And it's not that Barbie Diaries movie. <laughs> can we really consider that a musical, though? Oh. There were only two numbers in it where they're actually playing stuff. And, like, they had a whole Kesha song and they just did nothing with it. So I feel like... We are in the safe territory to revoke musical status from oh, that one. Oh yeah, I do have I do have memories of the DVD they I rented of this. They had like a sing along feature, mm. and I would just like sit there by myself and sing along. <laughs> and then my mom like came in the room and she's like, "What you doing?" And I'm like, <laughs> oh, "I'm just picturing baby Emma, oh, just yeah. like like with." Holding one of your Barbie dolls or, like, holding, like, a stuffed animal. I, I didn't really have a lot of Barbie dolls. I was more of a littlest pet shop. Ah, shop. holding, like, your littlest pet shop. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, did you pretend that one of them was, like, one of the other animals, like the peacock or the monkey? I don't think 
think I did any pretending. I think I just sat there in motionless watched. on the couch and <laughs> watched the sing-along feature. Just as our Lord in Heaven Mattel intended it. I know. Amen. They know uh, how to get those lonely children, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, aside from that, uh, I don't have a whole lot of other memories of this movie, although I have a concern. So, not to get to uh, hashtag problematic up on this thing but any story that involves like some sort of noble savage being like taken away from their island and getting like a taste of civilization and bringing their wacky twist to it that that always gives me a couple of yikes factors it for me. And this movie is kind of kind of strange, I think, in how it kind of, because it's like Barbie. Yeah. It's sort of like, and I don't remember her, like, she acts pretty regular, I yeah. think, in this movie even before. She yeah. Maybe. I mean, elephant in the room. Not, aside from There's the actual elephant, elephant in this one. But, uh, whoa, how'd it get in here? Uh, but the, a lot of Barbie's appeal is like getting accessories and all of this like, sort of materialism. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, like, a big source of contention with Barbie is, like, how she's always been kind of, like, just this symbol of, like, this white privilege that Mattel has been trying their best to, like, diversify and try to make it, like, alleviate some of that. But even in this movie, you do see kind of, like, sort of a lack of women of color protagonists in these movies in general. Which I'm thinking, like... When you think of island princess, that has a lot of like connotations. Yeah, so when you think it's about... almost like they're like, that's why she's still like a blonde haired, blue eyed woman in this because they felt like it would not <laughs> yeah. look good. Well, I feel like it's it. sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Like, if they did decide to like make Barbie like a person of color, that would have a lot of like difficult connotations with it and Mm -hmm. it could like veer into some uncomfortable territory but you also have the potential of like taking this really recognizable character and like showcasing how like like barbie could be for everyone and it could be for like other people and i don't know i granted expecting mattel to like make any sort of statements or like try to do something daring like that is basically antithetical to their whole business model, but yeah, it's like, it's, and it's, I don't know, it's something that I I thought about in the lead up to this. Yeah, I mean, it's not really, most of these movies aren't really that challenging in the regard. They're pretty, usually pretty inoffensive for the most part. Well, <laughs> depends <laughs> on how <laughs> yeah. uh, think about that gay weasel, mm. but... <laughs> Oh, God. Yes, mistress. But that's kind of what I say. This is more, it's like a Tarzan story. She's not really, like, it's not like she's, like, a part of a culture yeah, or something of other true. people. And then she meets, like, yeah. a guy. It's, like, she's pretty, it's pretty isolated island person raised yeah. by animals type situation. Yeah, and that's, and that's fine. Like, Robert, I mean, Robinson Crusoe stories have, like, that sort of appeal for a good reason. And I will say, Robinson Crusoe has aged a lot better than stuff like Swiss Family Robinson, so there's that. Yeah. But you do kind of bring up a big point that they're, like, just in general, there does tend to be, like, a lack of people of color in these movies. Yeah, which, 
as a white male. White. A white. It is kind of like one of those things I want to stay in my lane about, which is partially why I want to, I'm trying to reach out to some people to have a guest on, because I know that there are plenty of people that have, like, done actual writing and, like, put in a lot of good research and thought into this problem. I feel like I would feel bad if I didn't pay lip service to this whole thing, because it's, it is a problem that Mattel didn't really change until, like, some of the more recent stuff. And even then, it's, like, not a whole lot there still. Yeah, I think, yeah, as a fellow uh, white person, yes. it's sort of a, a difficult subject matter to kind of go, because you can't really be, like... You can't relate it to your own experience, you know, to try to, like, contextualize yeah. how you can feel about these sort of things, so. Yeah. Which is why we're always open for um, other people to give their opinions on these Please. sort of stuff that will be way more informed than yes. we are. Please do not treat us as experts. I feel like as a hashtag content creator online, that's just my general mantra of, like, please don't treat me as the final authority. Talk to people who look different than me. Yeah. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Gotta... But, uh, anyway. I am looking for White guilt though, aside, so. um, this is good. This movie uh, has a lot of returning crew, uh, returning as the voices. We got Kelly Sheridan, as always. But uh, fr- as the romantic interest, we got Alessandro Giuliani, who voiced Prince Nalu in some of the previous movies uh, in Fairytopia. As well oh as... Oh god, the Love Interest is going to be another Nalu clone, like... Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they differentiate his character, because uh, I'm not anticipating much. But uh, returning as a director, we got Greg Richardson uh, returning from his acclaimed Max Steel filmography. But alongside that, uh, we got Elena Lesser and Cliff Ruby. Uh who have been doing a lot of the other writing from all the way back to Nutcracker. So I have faith that they can, like, they've done some good writing for this franchise in the past, so hopefully we'll get to see more of that with this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Any sort of interesting people in the cast? Uh, None that I could see, aside from, um, I mean, you got Melissa Leones returning from Princess and the Popper as, uh... Uh, Roselia, Roselia's uh, singing voice, uh, but also uh, Susan Roman playing Tika, and uh, any weebs out there will recognize her as oh, no. uh, the voice of Sailor Saturn? Uh, the one with the redhead. She, her name's uh, Lita. I, I don't watch Sailor Moon, uh, but she's either. in there as well. Uh, as well as uh, Steve Marvel voicing this little red panda slash the minister, and he's from hit acclaimed shows like A Kind of Magic and Laser Laser Shoot Larry. Yeah. Fun fact: This is the fourth thing that he's credited for. Credited. Wow, he was getting that career upstart early. Yeah. Well, I mean. He seems to be doing stuff still, doing a lot of shorts and a lot of independent fare, uh, but nice work if you can get it. Keep doing your thing, but maybe you should not do Laser, laser Shoot Larry anymore. 
I mean, I won't want to tell her how to live your life, but do you have any, uh, are you ready to? I, I'm ready. I said, I'm excited to see this one. I think I'm, I'm just glad that Fairytopia is finally over and we can move on. At least until Mariposa. Oh, goddamn. I forgot <laughs> Mariposa. Well, that's why we got the mimosas. Huh? Oh. oh, God. The suburban moms are here. No. Oh, we got to batten down the hatches. We'll be right back. Be gone, Sharon. For Barbie as the island princess, Bella sings with her animal friends. Here on my island, the sea says hello. Luciana and Saji dress well for the ball. Tell Archie's name. Magic still sings to all of my friends. The fun never ends. Dolls and elephant each sold separately. DVD coming in September. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it, but I. Having a hard time putting, like, full thoughts forward about this. Yeah, it was sort of, um, there are some really kind of good things about it, I think, that it definitely was one of, like, the higher quality Barbie movies, I think. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, just, like, for, like, scope and, like, what's going on. But it was sort of an oddly paced movie, I felt, a Yeah. uh... Even though this movie was about the same length, it ended up... It was rushing for the first half, and then it just slowed the heck down. Yeah, it was just some... If anyone was wanting to see a bunch of island action in this movie, there's really only, like, not even ten minutes of island in this movie. I feel like it's even less. Like, they talk about how, like, oh, this island's so much fun. All right, time to never see it for the rest of the movie, I guess. Yeah, they don't even, like, have, like, a cursory, like, when they go back to to start to go back to it like in the third act they don't even like get there it's like yeah you even thought maybe like in the final scene they would have them like hanging out on the island but that does not yeah like having just like the all is lost moment on like the island beach like that could be properly sad but i don't know there's just like some sort of i think feel i feel like this movie Especially towards the end, it feels just kind of like it has some sequences that kind of felt like they didn't belong where yeah. they were. Oh, yeah. There are a couple that come to mind, yeah. and we'll get into that. But I guess we might as well start from the beginning. So um, we begin on an island where uh, a red panda and a peacock are walking together, yeah. and they're and clearly just so husbands. And you know, the peacock is flaming. Oh, he's so... flaming. Is this good omens? Is this the ineffable husbands that I've heard so not, much about? Not every snarky gay couple is good omens. <laughs> but, yeah, basically, we you got the, the more restrained one, which is the red panda, and then you got, like, the he's peacock, a... who's, like, the disaster man. Yeah, like, listen... The dynamic is there, and uh-huh. the the red panda is very prim and proper, so it's I, it, it works. Like, I appreciate, but they stumble on a six-year-old girl that is washed up on the beach, and... They find a dead body of a child on the beach. <laughs> well, no, and... she's alive, much to the dismay of the peacock. Oh, yeah, he's like, I wish that child would have drowned. It's... Uh, but well, no, he's mean. I like it. Yeah, yeah. no, he's sassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they decide that well, time to adopt her and be her dad's. Yep. Which they never go there, obviously because they can't 
sort of a Timon and Pumbaa situation. Yeah, which... It's just like, this child is ours now. Yeah, but honestly, like, we'll get into some of the other animal companions that were in this movie, um, of varying quality, but, like, both, uh, Azure and... Oh, what was the red panda's name? Uh... Sachi or Sachi uh, or Soggy. Soggy. Yeah, Soggy. Soggy. So Soggy and Azur. Um yeah, I liked them. They they had a nice little dynamic. I mean, sure, Azur kinda laid it on a little thick, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty memorable, I remember. But then so we essentially go straight to the time skip where Ro is now a uh, full-grown adult and is accompanied by a elephant named uh, Tika. Yeah, yeah, they never really explain where Tika came from. No, She's kinda... like it's. I think it's kind of just implied that she was also born on the island. Yeah, we never see parents, so she just lives with them. So it makes me think that she's uh... like also washed up on the shore. Maybe yeah. this is a thing that. Uh, Shiga and Azur just do mm-hmm. in their spare time. <laughs> Probably. Well, they only got two of them so far. So, so far. Listen, they, they strike me as the type of people who would, like, they strike me as that couple that would answer every single, like, free cat notice that they see on Craigslist. <laughs> they adopt a child like free cat. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do. But uh, alongside sure. the t- child, they find... A chest with the nameplate on it that is cracked, revealing only the name Ro, which uh, the child has no memory of before arriving at the island. Yeah, this movie also has some Anastasia, the Don Bluth movie vibes. Yeah, which I'm kind of down for, albeit it's got some troubling implications when other characters show up, but... So they sing the very first song here on my island, talking about, like, oh, it's such an island paradise. Yeah, the island is so cool. Too bad we'll never see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they talking about how, like, awesome this island is. And I was, you know what I was expecting? I was expecting the story to be a lot like The Tempest. You know, you got, like, uh, this mysterious, magical-looking island and, like, uh, you got this girl living on there alone, maybe with her father figure, and then suddenly these other people, like, show up mysteriously, and, like, they're trying to get home, and she's, like, exploring. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm that big... might have been a more interesting movie, I think. I feel like this movie, like, they never really use the setting of the island, so the rest yeah. of the movie is just kind of, like, generic castle palace setting. Yeah, for you could have easily switched her out for, like... Uh, Ro was like a mermaid that turned human. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's got some Little Mermaid vibes. Or like she lived in a mountain. Like the island setting seems very incidental. Yeah. Aside from like, I guess the type of animals they have, which yeah, it just they keep on saying like, oh, the island is in like the South Seas or something. Yeah, which means you think if is this. It's obviously not real country specific, but it almost seems like it's meant to be like South Asian. Yeah, that's the impression that I got. Because we got an Asian elephant, we got the red panda. And the peacock. Yeah. Yeah. But then the country they end up going to where the prince she meets is is like vaguely Italian or Spanish. Yeah. But it's got. I mean, those. I mean, the Spanish Empire 
had colonies in Asia. There's some uncomfortable... uh, Colonial elements to this. Yeah. Which... We'll get to, So, so they sing their island... The Here on My Island song and... And What do you think of the island song? It's, it's fine. I appreciate that, like... I like how, uh, the main four interact like they got like a good dynamic as a group and i think that is a strength in this movie's favor but like eh, it's mostly just kind of nice exposition but not a whole lot else yeah this movie it does feel like it has more songs than princess and it does but like it feels like but they're not less like, substance. Yeah, they're not as memorable. Yeah, you know there are there is a couple of good songs in here though. So. Definitely. Yeah, but, and we'll get to that. But before suddenly a boat appears oh, on the before shore. Before then, uh, they're sleeping in the oh, tree, and then she you. has a scene. So this is where I feel like the backstory of Tika might have need some explanation because like when she's sleeping, she kind yeah. of just has like a she's having like a nightmare. Yeah, like, of some kind. And, like, she's saying, like, no, stop. or you know, yeah, yeah, there's, like, some kind of PTSD-type thing going like, on Like, I was her. under the impression that, like, similar to Roe, like... Like, she's she, got, like, abandonment stuff, you Yeah, know? like, maybe she was, like, her family was victims of poachers, and, like, like, they were smuggling her, and she got off the ship, and now she's on the island. Like, yeah. I feel like that's something that they totally could have, like... Had as like a a B plot, maybe like even incorporate the villains and say like, oh, we have a very lucrative ivory business. Oh god, maybe they thought that would be like too dark or something. I but... yes, but given some of the directions that the villain goes in this story, like yeah, but I mean, there definitely is kind of imply that something happened something to make happened this to like Tika. Yeah, because Tika is obviously code to be like a child, you know. Yes, but. But anyway, uh, you get so... the second song where uh, Rose sings the this little lullaby, which it's also a nice little song. Yeah, it's... but she like doesn't know the other half. So that's the Anastasia thing coming mm-hmm, in. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, either way, and I think it's, that moment is pretty nice. I, yeah, I, I, do... I liked it. It's like I think it's nicely helped by like the beautiful island visuals, and it's got like a melody. Like props to like. The songwriting team and Arnie Roth on this, like, they did a really remarkable job. Uh, I'm actually, let me just double pull them up, because the other big people in the music department, as, like, uh, you got Gustavo Borner for the head music engineer, um, assistant music engineer. Uh, You got Megan Calavari, uh, who was the song orchestrator and vocal arrangement. Uh, Then, uh, who other ones? Uh, you got uh, Matt Prock for the mus- the main music mix engineer, and it's like, yeah. they need some good songs for this thing. The songs do sound nice. They're not, like, the strongest, like, lyrically or anything. No, but... I would say they're not, like, when compared to, like, some of the songs they did in Princess and the Popper. Like, I, st- I say that there are some that are, like, kind of on the same level as the ones in Princess and the Popper, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I... But I appreciate the lullaby. I feel like that's probably the second best song in this. Yeah. Either way, Ro is living in pretty uh, happy bliss on this island. And then... When suddenly colonialism! Yeah. So 
you got the prince whose yeah. name is Antonio. Antonio. Prince Antonio. And he also has a butler named Frazier, which, which uh, we, was that was so amusing, but they just so many missed opportunities. Like they had uh shoot. He does wear a sweater vest. Though, he does so wear a sweater vest, is... but like they had Frazier's actor as a villain in the past movies. Oh yeah, which one was he? The oh, he was in the Swan Lake. Swan Lake, yeah, yeah. Kelsey Grammer wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, they like. I mean, you could tell me that Kelsey Grammer didn't have anything better to do, and maybe like do a little cameo. Come on, Mattel, I know you got that Frazier money. I don't know. Maybe they were like. Uh... Well, Fraser is kind of not a good person in this movie, oh. so maybe they were like, Kelsey Grammer didn't return our calls, so oh. this is our revenge character. Yeah, there you go, headcanon confirmed. Um, <laughs> a headcanon for real life. Yes, I mean, <laughs> okay. so much of this film's production cycle is shrouded mystery, you might as well. Speculate. So Antonio and Fraser are going about, and they sing a new song where they're talking about, like, Ooh, who are the? What are these things? Oh, the animals are scared. But uh, Ro is like, he looks like me, implying that she's never seen another human before and has no concept of herself yeah, or her like sexuality a, or anything uh, like that. And it's like, if any of you have ever seen that one video by Pop, Pop Culture, Culture Detective, Detective, the born sexy, sexy yesterday. Yeah. This is this movie definitely has a lot of that stuff where yeah. she essentially she falls in love with the first man, man she, she meets. meets. It's a very what is kiss yeah sort of thing, and it's like he keeps on going out like oh she's not like the other girl, which is not because the main thing that differentiates her is like she, okay she's outdoorsy and can talk to animals. I, I mean that's pretty yeah. cool, but also like she, she's talking about like. She's adventurous, curious, uh, like, driven, and it's like, and, like, the subtext is like, oh, she's got, like, the mind of a child, yeah. which she kind of does, especially demonstrated in that first song, and it's like, hey. It's uh, definitely, it feels very, like, it invokes a lot of kind of like tropes that are associated with sort of stories like these like the, yeah. not the good ones no but definitely not anyway she saves him from some alligators yeah which... which she can talk to animals as we mentioned and like i like the little sass she gives to one of the alligators where she's like no you can't have one bite god if only but yeah, also she can speak uh, English perfectly, mm-hmm. despite. So after they save him, she he's just like immediately infatuated, and this, I gotta be honest, listener, this is kind of where the movie kind of lost me because it, they play really fast and loose with this romance, like it's like right out of the gate, and they're and he's yeah. just like, oh dang, I want to marry that thing, and it's like. Yeah, I just feel strange. Like, I I don't know. It feels like maybe it's because they got sort of that power dynamic going on. It makes it feel skeevier than some of the other romances in these movies. But essentially, she immediately decides to leave because, of course, she's immediately drawn to the first man she saw. But she does But also she wants to, like, know more about her past. Oh, yeah, she does. But that's... 
that seems to be the bigger thing that they are trying to emphasize, at least in the movie. But, I mean, it can't be denied. Like, as soon as she meets the first man, it's like, uh Time to go. Yep, time to go. Uh, but I guess she could have hitched a ride on those dolphins before. Apparently they can <laughs> drag you We'll get to the freaking distance. dolphins. Yeah, the dolphins have eyelashes, though. I mean, but so does Tika, which... Yeah, we got we got to mention the animal designs in this movie. Okay, I like Azura's design. Azura... Azura looks, they were, they do a decent job with uh, bird characters, I think. Yeah. Like, maybe it's because feathers are easier to render than fi- than fur, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah. And I didn't mind, uh, uh, Shiga? Soggy. 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 I don't know, Soggy's got, like, human teeth for he some reason. He does have reason. human teeth. Which... And, like, human eyes, which looks a bit uncanny at yes, times. Yes, that is, that is true. You know, I've seen red pandas in real life, like, at a zoo, and they are cute AF, but he's yeah. kind of, he's got, man, like, a middle-aged man face on a he does. red panda body. I, I mean, to be honest, that's the reason why Ineffable Husbands came to mind, because he kind of <laughs> looks like Michael Sheen. Does he? Does like, he? It's he's got like a pudgy face, the big eyes. Oh god. I don't think Michael Sheen deserves that, but <laughs> either way. But he uh so this leads into the next song. The song that is most famous in this movie, uh I Need to Know, which I that's I think it's safe to say that this is probably the best song. Oh, yeah, I like this song. I think this is the one I was singing along motionlessly on my couch yes. all those years ago. But it does kind of have a cool setting where it's like they're singing on the boat, but she's, like, thinking the lyrics. And then yeah. also Antonio gets a verse for some uh, reason. Yeah, okay, but... yeah. Listen, the first half of the song was super great. Like, mm-hmm. I was all in for it because it was, like, this nice... A, it has a really nice melody and a good, like, orchestration behind it. But also, like, it, like, shows, like, some actual, like, internal conflict where she's, like, a chur of herself and she wants to know more. And it's, like, that's, it's a very standard Disney I Want song, but it's still, like, it still does its job. And, like, there's a reason why those types of songs end up resonating with audiences. And then Antonia starts singing and all of his lyrics are about how, like, Oh dang, she's so different. I need to follow my heart towards her, and it's like, like you met her like a day ago. Stop. Like, there's a reason why they keep the "I want" song separate from the "So is this love" song in Disney movies. Yeah, they try to put them together, and I don't know. It's just it it kind of makes it again not great yeah but i mean i don't know i think a lot of these sort of like disney type i want songs they cap that kind of big like i it's either i want to discover things or i, I want to adventure know, in the great white yeah somewhere. i want to know about your past but in a lot of those and people have mentioned this a lot like the protagonist usually doesn't actually like go that far no but, i mean at least in this one she does like leave her home she does leave her home and but, she like but she like the thing is she doesn't like dislike her home though she no. loves her island home so it's like so it's like you don't need i mean i think she probably left with the intention of like all right we'll go f- see what i can find out then come back yeah. which i respect that like none no one like tried to like 
Coca-Cola, you should stay here forever type deal. Yeah, but the thing is, we never really get, like, a resolution to, like, are they ever going to go back to the island, or are they just going to, like... Because the very end, they leave on the boat, but they never say Sail- where, so yeah. it's, like, I don't know. It's... It's... it's uh, troubling, but... Yeah, either way, they make it back to... Uh, civilization, and the Little Mermaid parallels start popping up as she's like, Oh, what's this? What's this? And doing, like, the whole, <laughs> like, trying to figure out what civilization is, and it's... Yeah, I mean, they kind of emphasize it, but they don't emphasize it, like, super much a lot. She yeah. seems pretty easy to be adjusted to things yeah like it's not like a it's tarzan not a f- situation or a pocahontas like, too yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> i'm sorry think i don't want to direct a video movie. i'm so sorry i reminded you of pocahontas to the brand new world arguably better than the first pocahontas i mean it's though. more historically accurate and i acknowledged that hey yo they're exploiting this lady yeah. to a small degree they've slightly went there slightly went there just no, a plus eisner way to attempt a statement in your direct-to-video cash cow sequel yeah oh man but maybe that so, should be the next podcast we just watch those movies. watch those movies oh god i would need much more prep time for those <laughs> so these movies are less challenging on mm-hmm. an emotional and ethical level <laughs> to some degree but then i saw barbie diaries but anyway so they arrive at the civilization and uh antonia's like oh ride with me rose the royal uh carriage and azur is like all in for it but tika's like i want you to ride with me and that's where we start getting like these sort of abandonment issue things. Yeah, Tika is not happy with her. Yeah, she's jelly, and mm-hmm. it's not. They don't go with it in a lot yeah. of really interesting places. Yeah, they never really examine like that's kind of the thing where because we never really get Tika's backstory, or even like the backstory of like we never get really quite clarification what her relationship to Ro is. Yeah, like, does like, she see her as like. A big sister, or, like, a friend, or... Or, like, a mother figure. Like, I get the impression that it's sort of, like, a sisterly thing, but it's... Again, they don't explore it, like, to the level of, like, a side character like Penelope, Mm -hmm. or... I guess the cats from Princess and the Popper? Huh. It occurs to me that a lot of the side characters aren't great in some of these movies. Yeah. Well... At least we're not still dealing with uh, he who shall not be named. That's fair. But uh, um, but eventually they do get to the palace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're met with uh, Antonio's... Very young looking parents. And his three younger sisters. Oh God, all these men, they always have these like three identical triplet sisters. Except like, they happen to have different colored hair for some reason. Like one's blonde, one's, one's black haired. One's brunette. And it's like, they wa- the they gotta genetics sell the little, don't work on that. They gotta sell the little big headed dolls, okay? Yeah, I know they need to get like the equivalent of, oh, what's Piper is like, who who's Barbie's little sister's name? Kelly. Kelly, yes. 
Why did I think Piper? Yeesh. Mm-hmm. And I call wow. myself a bar- Barbie yeah. scholar. I'm getting. I'm revoking your Barbie clout. Well, maybe I can earn it back because when they're introduced to the parents, the baby face parents, um, they are also introduced to Prince Antonio's fiance and future mother-in-law. What? Yeah. So. They just kind of, like, spring it on this man. It doesn't imply he's been away for a little bit. Yeah, like, he's been at sea doing just his Darwin explorations sort of stuff. Yeah. But, which, you know, that's something that they don't go into. Like, it would have been so cool if they could have just, like, made him, like, also a scientist. And, like... They could have done a lot of cool things with the concepts on this movie. But, like I said, they keep it all in the palace setting. So yeah. it's, like... Mm. It feels very generic palace intrigue because the mother-in-law who, oh, she's... We know she's evil because she is fat. I don't know. Her waist was like... That corset that they had her in was like... Yeah, but it was like kind of thing where she's the only woman who's not like Barbie-sized and then she's like evil. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So, they want Antonio to marry someone, so she's... Yeah, they want to marry her daughter, Princess Luciana. Yeah. Who is big gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever this movie tries to tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah, no, she... She... Bless her heart, she's been done dirty by this movie. She did not deserve the crap she's gone through. Yeah. But she, she looks like the kind of person who's just like... Mom, can I just, like, stay in and, like, read some Charlotte Bronte? Maybe, like, I can fantasize over Mary Shelley or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the big lesbian crushes of the late 17th century were. Um, I mean, uh, Lady Macbeth. There you go. <laughs> You get the one. (laughs) But, yeah, so she's super nice, and she's, like, into opera. She's, like, does watercolor. But she's not a literal child that I can teach things, so I don't like Yeah. (sighs) Also, like, they make Antonio's thing that he's, like, super into the outdoors and, like, hiking and exploration, and it's, like classic i don't know just reeks of like classic colonial like fantasy things yeah where he's like i went to this mysterious island and i found a beautiful woman who is in love with me Mm. and she needs to be taught about civilization Uh, anyway so so uh luciana's mother queen ariana later discuss some of their plans and we get her evil exposition through a song that really wants to be perringer's song from princess and popper yes they they so want to do preminger 2.0 but i mean bless their heart she's doing her best like she's doing like these big old kicks in that dress all around the room and she's like also she has like rats and one of them is a mime in her a little box okay yeah so she 
So she does have rats. The rats are very weird. <laughs> the rats are so weird. I don't... Like, that's another, that's a thing about this movie, listener. There are way too many animals in this. There's, like, a shocking number of, like, talking animals. Which... Oh, yeah, we didn't mention the, his mother, the queen, had, like, uh, Tallulah, who's, like, a oh, white yeah, monkey. Oh, there's, like, a white monkey who's, like, prim and proper and, like, like, has also been civilized. And there's some other colonialism like subtext to that yeah. that is also it like, is kind of implied that she was kidnapped from her home yeah maybe. like she mentions how like my brother and i used to climb trees like this but not anymore and it's like uh Tulila, you okay she also says that when uh antonio shows her the animals he's like oh you've brought more animals for me which implies that antonio, antonio was, kidnapped oh no antonio is a kidnapper so that's oh our god, male lead. Is... Oh my god, he is a colonizer. Oh no. <laughs> oh man, this movie. Oh, so so okay, so so I need we'll get into the colonial stuff a little later cuz but I want to just dissect uh Queen Ariana's song. So, her backstory Listener, the evil villain plot of this movie is freaking buck wild. Like, so picture this in her song. She talks about how long ago she was scorned by the king in some determinate way. They don't go into a whole lot of detail. And so, um, she's left to be like a pig farmer. Which I guess is a thing that's a pressure point. It for means her. you know that she's gonna fall in some mud later, comically. Oh, real? That seems that seems so far fetched. But uh, so they, she she talks about how she ends up marrying the oldest king she could found, and waits for him to die so that she can inherit all his wealth, and then. As soon as she caught wind that uh, the king was having a son, she had a daughter. Like, she decided, like, all right, yeah, I am breeding a child <laughs> so I can exact re- revenge so that she could eventually wed her off and eventually something might happen to the various people of the court leaving her and her daughter as the sole rulers of this kingdom. Uh, this is some long-haul planning here. She also here. explains this in, like, 30 seconds of song lyrics. Which, so. like, it's one of those, like, blink-and-you-miss-it type deals, but it's, this like... also where she pulls out the rats, which made me very confused. Yeah. Yeah. So... In terms of villains, I will say she's not as good as Preminger or uh, the Doug Walker lookalike. Doug Wenlock. Oh, Wenlock. Oh, God. I don't think we ever mentioned that in the (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Wenlock totally looks like uh, internet e-celebrity Doug Walker. So, uh. Internet darling Mm -hmm. Doug Walker. Honestly, uh, 
makes a lot of sense oh, not with what we know but anyway so where would you rank her in terms of like the villains uh, we've dealt with so far because like because uh, like let's be honest at the very bottom of the bottom like we got the barbie diary popular girls because they're yeah. not even villains they're just preps I mean, so she, we, you kind of got the two categories. You got, like, the male villains who are usually kind of, like... Con- trying to control people. Yeah, and, and then you like, got the female villains that are, like, same. Women scorned. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's kind of... I'd put her on the level of maybe, like, the 12 dancing princesses. Okay, yeah. Villain. I just think that's fair, because... Yeah, she, even that, that one had a poisoning plot, too. So. Yeah. I mean... Poisoning plots, that's a good way for you to, like, up the stakes in a way that is not overtly violent, but the violent implications are apparent enough for, like, people of all ages to be like, oh, crap! Yeah. She means business! Yeah, they do... Women villains do do a lot of poisoning in the yeah. Barbie cinematic universe. Yeah, well, Women I mean, it's a more passive way. Poisoning. Yeah. Well, the men be shooting out the magic beans yeah men st- shoot out magic beans well i mean the gothel rapunzel does. yeah that's shoot, fair also shoot out some magic beans yeah but she is an exception so ro tries to impress the king and queen by going to like this like little tea luncheon they have and all the while like uh poor poor soliana she is just so uncomfortable her mother's like trying to like get her to talk about her watercolors and like how and her opera and all that and how she's classically trained on the harp so you know she's good at fingering yeah, yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> i'm sorry this is a family podcast <laughs> i'm sorry it's a family oh god so never mind all that let's uh <laughs> yeah so they're talking and and uh, she's so uncomfortable she wants nothing more than to just, like, let her mother just shut up and to just, like, she is just so uninterested in Antonio. It makes her all the more endearing. Yes. Like, oh, she could Because Antonio so sucks, to be honest. He's kind of... Yeah, like... he kind of just does. Like, she does strike me as someone who is just, like, this is probably not the first time her mother is like, tried to pull some stuff like this in the lead-up. Of like, I mean, then again, her plane was so specific. But I get the impression that like this is not the first type of luncheon where her mother is like forcing her to like boast about her accomplishments, and she's just like, "I hate this. I hate yeah. this so much. I just wanna, I just wanna go back into my room and read books about ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read about my ladies, mom. <laughs> get out of my life." <laughs> So, uh, but Ro is feeling dejected, and she's like, oh, Soliana's so much better than me. Luciana. Luciana, God. You I'm... gotta know, you call yourself a gay ally. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Please revoke my woke card. I'm... <laughs> you gotta turn it into the office. Oh, but they're only opened on weekdays. That's. Okay, I got if if it's what I gotta do. It's what you gotta do. Okay, uh, you gotta call in the office. At night. <laughs> so so Luciana 
like she's talking about how like oh luciana she's so much better than me which also like yeah she well <laughs> okay well i mean Ro is pretty preoccupied with Antonio, but that is mostly because, like, this is, like, the first dude she's yeah, met. Yeah, I don't know. Ro just needs to, like, she needs to, like, go to college, you know. Have some experiences. Yeah, have some experience. All, all types of people. Yeah, go Lords, study ladies, abroad. Those who lie betwixt. Uh, the, you know, take a, uh... A film history class. Maybe listen to some Mitski. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's just, you know, she's just gonna find her own self where she's not being held down by her by uh, this... peacock and red panda dad or her, you know, prince guy. Yeah. You know, she's to discover herself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like, to their credit, Azur and uh, Sagi, they... You know, they're pretty they're pretty laid back they're dudes, pretty laid, laid back parents and i think she they did a decent job with yeah her. i think tika is the only one that really has problems with yeah her. but later on ro is less concerned about antonio now and she's more preoccupied with trying to figure out who her parents are and like investigating that sort of stuff and meanwhile there is an engagement party that is happening that night <laughs> he literally gets back yesterday he shows up, oh, okay, hey, son, here's your future wife. Here's an engagement party that's happening tomorrow that you're just now finding out about. And it's just like... Yeah, the dad is kind of a dick in this one, he's too. He's such a dick, too. Like, yeah. like, I mean, I guess that's where Antonio Gargas are from. But they, Ro doesn't want to go to the party because she's like, eh, I don't belong there. They, they just see me as, like, this sort of weird freak of nature. And, uh, all of the animals begin to help her out. Yeah. And that's where we get into our next musical number where the, the red panda and the monkey, they're singing about different types of things to wear at the ball. Yeah, the, the monkey is like, you should wear a fancy hat and the raccoon is like wear fruit yeah wear, so. and seaweed <laughs> to which uh ro is like i want a beast true to me but can we can we chill can both of you just like chill a bit and this is this was a challenging dress mm. like we've talked a lot about uh how some of the dresses in these movies are a little eh. like <laughs> i've been pretty vocal about my uncomfortableness with the swan lake dress you know i it is kind of similar to the swan lake dress it, it, they got like the sort of the feathers feather back. yeah yeah so but i don't know i like the island princess dress i, I like li- the peacock motif thing you, going on you do okay so so they have this little sequence where the animals basically make this blue dress that is like super sparkly and uh Tika, like, blows the sparkles out of her trunk. Tika and- vomits some glitter. Yeah, that she- <laughs> which is extremely concerning. Uh, and then and Azur offers uh, some of his peacock feathers, and they completely change shape and size so that she has this little peacock headdress thing. Yeah, it's and- not really a headdress. It's more like a No, it's back. like a cape back thing, yeah. Yeah. Which... Yeah, no way that thing would stick up in real life unless... (laughs) Unless there are, like, wires in it and stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, I like it's not terrible from an aesthetic standpoint. I just feel like all the other elements of the dress I thought were like pretty nice looking. They got like I do like the front feathers towards it. That was pretty nice. I think I would have liked it more if like the peacock feathers like drooped downwards, more like an actual uh dress trail. Like that would have been like like something that might have lined the sides of the dress cuz that's I don't yeah, know. I think they wanted to give her like sort of a distinct kind of silhouette thing with the peacock feathers. Yes, so. that's fair. But yeah, the, they do have the big ball, which is kind of placed at a strange part in the movie. Yeah, because usually these sort of with like these palace movies, especially in the Barbie franchise, the ball is we're so used to the ball being like the climax of this. But no, this is like we still have like forty minutes left in this movie. Yeah, and it, initially at the ball, uh, Antonio and. Uh, Luciana? Soliana. Oh, God. Luciana. L- okay, Luciana. You're getting double banned tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm thinking Soliana. Isn't that like a... It sounds like... Is that like it, a Pokemon character? No, Soli... I think Soliana is a princess from a Disney TV show. I'm looking this up. Okay. <laughs> I. You know where I'm getting Soliana from? What? That was the kingdom uh, that Princess Elise looked oh, over yeah, it was from Sonic 06. Oh, oh my god. He bring homophobia <laughs> from that game into this space. L- no, listen. Uh, Snap Cube. Like, it, it, I do reclaimed love that it. Song. Yeah, that is she, true. Like she reclaimed it. So I thought I knew it's. It was like from a video game. Yeah, or it was. Something. I'm so like, sorry, listener. I'm so sorry that I evoked that cursed oh title. God, now you got to make me think of uh, that. What that time that, that human woman made out <laughs> with comatose Sonic. Well, listen. Is it any worse than some of the romances we've seen in this movie? Yeah, <sighs> I guess not. So, uh, Luciana. And Antonio are having, like, this little dance. And, like, they're having this super awkward conversation where, like, he's like, So, do you like hiking? Uh, not really. Do you like the opera? Uh, not exactly. And it's just like, oof. Oof. It, it Like, it was, it was mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. Like. Yeah, her. What's her? What's her name? Luciana. Okay. I'm so, going to be periodically checking. Cool. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, do you have any other thoughts about her character? Because she is, I don't know. I she mean, strikes- I do. I think, um, I think I like it that unlike other children of evil parents in these previous movies, she's not like an or a horrible person. Yeah. You know? I do like that they make her like genuinely sympathetic and like, do make her seem like like she's a perfectly nice woman like the main issue is just that like she and antonio just don't have anything in common yeah yeah including sexualities uh, yes indeed uh we we support you mm-hmm. we support you yeah. luciana so after but soon oh it's roe coming in and the whole ball is aghast. Yeah, we and, also got some Cinderella motifs. Yeah, there. they got the So This Is Love dance scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and evil evil mom is just like we need to we need to speed up this wedding right now before the prince gets distracted which is just like dang chill lady but also the dad agrees immediately and is like uh yeah because all the dad is very easily swayed by other people telling him what to do yes especially which is the the model trait of any monarch Mm -hmm. but later that night she starts enacting phase two of her plan where she gets the rats <laughs> oh we gotta talk about the rat we gotta song. talk about the it's freak- actually titled the rat song in the credits it, they yep so um the rats she gets them to essentially put sleeping powder in the animal's food yeah so and the- it's not just any sleeping powder it's like sleeping powder that will last so long that apparently you die of starvation before you wake up what yeah so they so they send them out and so essentially she's wanting to Promise them cheese. Yeah, cheese. And the the idea she wants to essentially frame Roe and say that her animal companions are the one that, like, spread the disease. Which, I will say, like, even though she... uh, I feel like like my main issue with her is that, like, is so non-subtle about her plan. And, like, her backstory makes... They do very little to explain it, but I do appreciate that, like, they do actually, like, take advantage of, like, the closed-mindedness of the monarchs. Like, they do some actual manipulation of them. Like, they're kind of preying into their, like, little xenophobia that that they have against Roe. And also, like, I appreciate that, that she has been planning this for such a long time. It, like, don't get me wrong, it's still buck wild but it's i don't know it makes me kind of just appreciate the determination she has to like achieving this i know and this is all true but also we gotta talk about the rat okay i keep on talking because i don't want to talk about the rat song so (sighs) rats we're rats we're the rats what is that from it's a youtube video i've never it's like (laughs) like this video from this like animation oh man but so this entire song they're singing about all the different types of cheese they're gonna get for doing this and it's just such a nothing song that it did not need to be there and what especially did not need to be there was the mime <laughs> there's Emma, a mime rat why did they do a mime i don't I don't know why the mime is... It is kind of funny, though, because the mime also sings, but his, like, lips don't move. His lips don't move, and he's just, like, miming alongside the action. And he'll just keep on doing things. Like, he'll be, like, walking against the wind in the background or, like, doing the box thing. I'm sort of wondering, like, who mandated (laughs) that the rats are supposed to be in this movie. I get the impression that they probably were, like, shoot. This thing's five minutes short. We need to add a little extra thing that can distract the kids. Okay, uh, okay, why don't we have her, like, her, the villain henchmen, like, sing about what they're gonna do. Okay, but, like, we can't just have them running around. That's not gonna be compelling enough. Well. They, like, call up this song where they're like, get up! 
You gotta make the rat song. Gotta make the rat song. <laughs> Listen, Arnie, I know you made this super beautiful orchestral score for like all these other songs, but you got the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra on tap, but you gotta make the rat Tell song. Tell them that it's rat o'clock and we're going in. But anyway, here's the video again. Wretch, we're wretch, we're the wretch. We pray at night, we stalk at night. We're the rats. I'm the giant rat that makes all of the rules. Let's see what kind of troll we can get ourselves into. My favorite video on the internet. I'm the giant rat that makes all of the rules. <laughs> I can't tell which rat song is worse. No, this is a beautiful song. <laughs> It's an internet classic. Okay. Okay, I will... You know what? I'll say that that one's shorter. <laughs> and that one, at least... It's got an absurdist element to it that I can appreciate. This one, it's just got miming. You gotta, you gotta open your mind to appreciate rat songs. <laughs> when I was thinking rat songs, I was thinking of that Hey Arnold episode where Helga and her dad went to see a parody of Cats that was called Rats. <laughs> I believe it. Okay, but, so, alongside that, alright. So, the next morning, all the animals, freaking comatose. Yeah. And they immediately blame disease being carried by, uh, rose animals. But before that, we gotta establish the scene, there's a scene where, um, the king tells Antonio that he needs to, they're gonna, he's gonna marry Luciana early, and then he's essentially like, F you, Dad. I do what I want. And then yes! Up. Okay. I will say, Antonio, not super great, but I appreciate that he, at a moment's notice, is willing to be like, yeah, no, screw the monarchy. I want to do what I want. Like, my sisters can rule the kingdom. My three toddler sisters are going to... I mean, <laughs> listen, though, the king and queen are pretty young looking. Uh, they yeah. still look like they have a they bit of time. They are, like, the king and queen are 20 years old, and it's true. Yeah. Ugh. Don't think about it. Okay, Don't so, about so, it. so, yeah, which I appreciate that. And he even writes a note to uh, Ro saying, like, meet me in the greenhouse tonight. But, uh-oh. Oh, Tika hides the note. Because she's like, no one will take away my Ro. And the way so, that they frame that shot, too, she's like, and the voice actress, like, delivers it in such a menacing way, like, no one will take away my Ro. And it's like... If I a, can't have her, no, no one can. Like, it's very, uh, about to wear a skin suit type situation mm -hmm. that I'm getting. No, she's just very, No, uh, no, that's, that's, that's hyperbolic. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, Ro gets, uh, put in the dungeon, and also somehow the peacock also accidentally eats the yeah, poison grain. Yeah, because they give them, they give them this food, say, like, uh, they give the food to the prisoners, and I guess that food was also laced- with, like, the same contaminated, like, stuff? Yeah, they just, like, kept the disease food for some reason. For some reason! Right. Like, no one thought to, like, analyze... Okay, but... So now there's, like, personal stakes, and now they gotta get, like, Azur back up, and... Yeah, because uh, uh, they established that Ro knows how to make, like, a rose tonic that can cure it. Yeah, which... Okay. Yeah, whatevs. I mean, it would have been cool if they could have gone into more stuff, like... Maybe she has, like, more practical knowledge. Like, if they had more time on the island, like, they could have showcased, like, 
it could have been like a whole thing where like Antonio realizes it tries to civilize her, but she teaches him like, oh god, I just realized I'm recreating Pocahontas. Uh, <laughs> like they could have like showcased like how uh, Rose knowledge like they are underestimating her and they shouldn't like be judging her so hard because she has like this knowledge that they don't teach around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but regardless, uh Antonia so the wedding is on and uh they're about to send her off on a ship back to the island, which okay, you're just going to leave this woman by herself on a deserted island and Granted, she says that she's fine, but also, like, she could talk to animals and, like, everyone is very cool with her and, like, not concerned about her well-being at all. Mm. So, but soon she realizes, oh, uh, shoot, we forgot to talk about, like, the random bird. Oh, yeah, there's There's, like, a random bird. A a random bird. That, that, like, helps to deliver, like, the exposition of, like... Oh yeah, it, there there's some animal cameos from other movies. Like you got the parrot from from Twelve Dancing Princesses appears in one scene. You got the cat, uh, the dog cat from Princess and Popper. Yeah, you also got the white cat, but she's like been colored like light brown. Mm-hmm. In one scene. So. Yeah, and some reused assets in this film. Yeah, and I could have swore I saw Preminger in like the background of one of these. He's like uh, one of those like spooky hidden images in movies where yeah. you just like it's one frame. It's oof. It, he's there, and I can I can sense him. I can sense the camp. <laughs> so, with the realization that Ariana is about to poison the freaking kingdom again, uh, she, uh, Ro decides, okay, we need to go back. And Wait, you skipped over the whole part of them on the boat. Oh. Yeah. Wh- so essentially when they they begin going back to the island. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were talking about how like no, it's better this way. And Yeah. And then <sighs> Tika's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I I hid the note, but you love her. You love him." Yeah. And then she's like, no. I have, she sings a song where she's like, I have room for more people in my heart. Yeah. And also, Ariana, like, hired a man to try to kill them. Yes, that's what I was about to get to. So as soon as, she, like, he catches wind that, oh god, they're gonna try and go back, he sharply turns the ship, causes the mainsail to, like, knock the four of them off of the ship, leaving them to die in the ocean. Yeah, so we do get kind of like an uncomfortable scene of these animated characters Just almost like drowning. drowning. Which is especially disturbing for Tika because she's like talking about, I can't, I can't stay up. And like she's sinking, it's so cold. And I'm like, Jesus, this isn't Titanic. Calm yourself. Also, elephants are supposed to be good at swimming. Yeah. They got the nose. They got the trunk and they're surprisingly buoyant. Yeah, but anyway, this scene is important because while they're it bobbing... Her original uh, memory. memory of being stranded in the ocean after the shipwreck. And that's where she remembers her full name, which is Rosella. Yeah. Which. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully. The creepy she, eyelash dolphins. She just is able to scream out, dolphins, we need your help. And then, blah, bam. 
Apparently the dolphins can drag people, like, all the way through the ocean. Like, including a baby elephant. Like, at least the size of a ton. The size of a ton? Yeah, like, baby elephants are pretty heavy, like, when they're younger. Like, Mm. like when they're newborn, they're like... I'm gonna rat mood. Yeah, a newborn elephant weighs at least 205 pounds on average. So, like, I'm gonna be given estimated guess that, like, Tika's at least a year old. So yeah. that's... They grow pretty quickly. And them some strong dolphins is all I'm saying. I suppose so. And it's just two of them, too, but they're able to take them all the way back to the kingdom. And, oh, the wedding's on! And a bunch... And, like, a bunch of people are there, including a mysterious blonde lady with a flag with the white rose on it. And, oh, uh, Sagi recognizes the white rose as being nearby uh, Ro when uh, he and his husband found them. And, Mm. yep. Yeah, so anyway, uh, (coughs) Ariana is talking to Luciana and she's saying, like, Make sure to not eat anything. On your wedding day. Yeah. It's bad luck. And I'm like, which, from what I hear, like, uh, it is actually a common thing where, like, uh, like the wedded couples don't get to enjoy, like, the food at the wedding quite often because they're too busy, like, answering people's questions. And, oh, like, dealing that with would suck. Yeah, no. This is why marriage of an institution should fall. Mm, yeah, burn it all. <laughs> Put it in the garbage. Tax breaks for everyone. Yep. Except the rich. Exactly. So. More taxes for them. Yeah. Side note. I want to watch Ready or Not. I do too. Anyway. A lot of movies about people hunting people these days, I notice. Including that one that got canceled. But. Anyway. uh, So. The wedding is on. And uh, suddenly. Uh, the guards are about to capture Ro and when she's making the formula. And uh, so she grabs the little formula uh, and gives it to Soggy, who runs it back to the monkey. And the way that Soggy runs on his two feet is very uncomfortable. Well, he can't, he can't carry the bowl when he's, like, like But why didn't they just, like, put it in a bottle? They didn't think about it, okay? They got only so many assets. I guess, so... <laughs> So, they're running, and meanwhile, freaking Tika burst into the wedding, like, raging elephant style, and it's like, oh, okay, careful, Tika, like, people, that's how elephants get shot, but okay. Um, and, uh, that's enough for, uh, Antonio to, like, rush to row and be like, yeah, we forgot to mention he was essentially bribed that they would only let Ro go if he decided to marry Luciana. Yeah. So the king is kind of an awful person. He is. He is. He's like he's like the Sultan from Aladdin, but like more overtly apathetic and corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> so Antonio rushes to her side, like defend orders the guard to let him go, and soon the entire wedding is like what is this? And, uh, and Ro accuses Ariana of poisoning everyone. And, uh, and Ariana's like, you have no proof except freaking MVP. Uh, Luciana, like, tells him, like, oh, crap, no, you were gonna, ru- your 
we're gonna poison everyone, mom! Which, I think that's a testament to just, like, how fed up she is with her mom, that she's just like, yeah, no, screw you. Yes. To this whole thing. Good for her. Good so, for her. She's hearing, yeah, hearing this. She needs to, like, go to, like, a nice community college. Like, get her GED. She needs to, everyone just needs to go to college in these movies. Yes, I agree. But anyways. Except, except for Antonio. He's, like, that one dude in your lecture who, like, yeah. answers every single question. Yeah, he, he needs to just, like. Chill. Yeah. Like, 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 read a book about, like, basic gender inequality like do some Uh, basic he's required to do one like diversity requirement for his major and he complains about it multiple times oh yeah oh yeah yeah but anyway so uh ariana gets on a getaway carriage and well before that like in order to prove it she's like uh it turns out ariana is also like poisoning the cake so she's just like well if you haven't poisoned anything you won't have any issue with taking a bite. Hmm. And it's just like, dang! And she's about to eat it, but then she's like, nope! What? And, like, leaves, and Antonio's chasing after her, and so, so is uh, Ro, and, uh... Yeah. She th- I-, I will say, this climatic chase scene is a lot better than Princess and the Popper in that, like, Ro actually does something... Because as soon as, like, there's a group of, like, ladies on a bridge that, like, freaking Ariana knocks her off. And she's leaving hanging for dear life over this, like, 100-foot chasm drop. And Antonio's saving her. Meanwhile, uh, Tika and Ro are chasing after her. And she grabs, like, a spear from a tree. And she throws it and pierces her right through the back, through the heart. Uh, And it's awesome. God, it would be, but instead... (laughs) I mean, it is actually kind of awesome that she does throw the spear and completely destroys the carriage by, like, getting it caught in the wheel, which is, I don't know, it shows it to be like, oh, dang, this thing's like, it capsizes, it flips over, but unfortunately, Ariana, instead of getting crushed by it, like, falls into the pigsty. Yeah, she has to fall with the pigs, and the mud effect is very bad. It is really bad. Like, something about, like, late 2000s, cgi animation like they can't get that procedural liquid effects good if it's like not in a large body of water which actually side note this movie looks great compared to everything else we've seen so far like um like compared to the character model seen in 12 dancing princesses and uh very tovia uh like, Rose's character design looks really good. Like, I mean, I'm not too hot on, like, the plumage on her dress. But, like, all of her, like, all of her outfits, they're very aesthetically pleasing. Like, they they did a really good job, like, with her character design in this one. Yeah. And, um, but now that she's in the pigsty, uh, like, Luciana's like, yeah, no, I can't marry you. I'm... I'm down. I'm I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, you go do your thing, I guess. And so they essentially Ro and Antonio decide to get married, but also Ro's mother shows Rose's up. Ro's mother shows up and it's and Ro's mother also looks like only like 
five years older than her. Yeah, it's like a difference young. in hairstyle, which is like, but they sing the little lullaby and it's very sweet. And it, yeah. especially like the duet portion of it. Like, yeah, kind of lame they had to make her mother like also like royalty too. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause like before she reveals herself, like the king concedes that like, you know, you did save our kingdom. So yeah, you can marry my son if you want to. Yeah. That's fine. Maybe we should start changing things, but nope. D- turns out she's a princess, so status quo upheld. Yeah, well, they gotta have, like, the elephant be like, oh, she was a princess, so the title could make sense, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, because she can't be a princess unless she's literally in a royal family. Yeah, we only ever see the mother, though. We never know. See the dad. Yeah, the brother she also apparently has that they mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do mention that they have three brothers. That's mm-hmm. so weird. Uh, They're but... like, we can't make any more character models, okay? We gotta wrap this puppy up. Oh, man, we could have gotten, like, a bullhead kid again. Oh, God. R. The bullhead kid. Press maybe F for bullhead kid. Maybe it's best we didn't see him. <laughs> F for bull. She just has like three identical triplet brothers that are like. And and one inexplicably has like red hair, even though they're all blonde. Oh god. Anyway, so it's the wedding. Uh, in the midst of this, like Antonio apologizes to, uh, to Luciana, and Luciana's like. I can't wait to meet someone who looks at me the way you look at Ro. And he says, like, I'm sure whoever he is will be extremely lucky. Yes. yes. He. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. They try to, They do try to hetero her at the very last minute. They pull a Boromir and Eowyn mm. on her while having them just, like, sit next to each other at the wedding. And it's just... I picture... Okay, headcanon. The dude next to her totally becomes her beard, pulling uh, the favorite and has, like, all these, like, like courtesans in her court that are just like, oh, yes, my handmaidens. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, that's the Barbie movie we deserve. Um, God, a Barbie version of the favorite would be amazing. Yes. I w- like... These movies already do court intrigue very well, so, like, add a little bit of, like, the world, to it. The world is ready. The world is ready, ready. for a Barbie period piece lesbian drama. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's too well, much of a Well, they're still making take. Barbie movies, so maybe one day. Perhaps one day. <laughs> one day. We can dream. But, yep, they have their wedding, and they ride off on this carriage towards the ship, then- which... It's implied that I guess they're going back to the island, but they don't confirm. Never, yeah, it, it just confused me why they didn't end it on the island. Yeah. To show the island Oh, again. man. What if they had their wedding on the island? That would have yeah. been so cool. I don't know, but no, it's a generic courtyard wedding that we've seen in, like, ten other in of these ten movies. Other these, like, you went to so much effort to, like, make this island environment. Like, take advantage of it. Like, like have it just on the beach. It's fine. I don't know. But so, but the weirdest thing about the end to me is that there's the implication. So they have the they have two carriages. One with like uh, Ro and Antonio with like some of the animals, 
uh, and then the other is with her mother, with the implication that, like, I guess the mother's going off to live off on the island with her daughter and her new husband, which, uh, eh, that's a weird third wheel situation that... I mean, yeah, well, we never see the father, so maybe he'll come in and, like, meet him at the airport later and be okay. (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps. But, yeah, that's Barbie as the Island Princess. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it overall. I I think it's one of the better ones that you've seen in a long time. I agree. I think the only reason I'm so critical of it is because, like, it, I think it just veered quite wildly from my expectations of what a movie like this would be. Like, you think Barbie and the Island Princess, and you I was kind of expecting basically a ripoff of The Tempest, but with this, it's just more Little Mermaid meets, I don't know... uh, Anastasia, Tarzan type thing. And it's like, I don't know, it just just definitely feel like they missed out on... Because you go to the island and they got these really cool, like, backdrop environments, but it's just like... But it just kind of misses out on that. I think they kind of, like, glossed over what could have been a more interesting setting for this movie to be just sort of another kind of, like, Princess and the Popper story where there's, like, a courtyard yeah, type I agree. drama thing. But, I mean, it it was still very enjoyable. I enjoyed the music for the most part. Yeah, I did too. Rat, Rat, <laughs> Rat song. song aside. Ugh. <laughs> but, I mean, I... I I give it maybe like a three point four, um, poisoned pieces of cake out of five. So okay, I as harsh as I've been on it, like I think the music and it has elevated it for me to making it uh, four peacock feathers out of five. Yeah, but no, I'm glad to have seen it again. So I yeah. am too. This is, I mean, like I, it's interesting, like. I'm surprised that with, like, how acclaimed and well-liked movies like Princess and the Popper and Island Princess are, I'm surprised that the Barbie movies don't go for more musicals, which I know that's something they do in later ones, but it's like... Yeah. I mean, then again, like, music numbers are hard, like, expensive, you gotta commission the artist, then... Yeah, and the musicals later in these series, I think, are more, like, kind of poppy type. Well, this is more sort of, like, traditional musical theater-ish songs. I don't really know when the next time we'll get another musical, so... Well, I know that, uh, at least for next time, we're journeying through the rainbow again into the mystical realm of Fairytopia in Barbie mariposa it's just fairies again but these ones have butterfly wings they got like the modern butterfly which is weird because the fairy we like the rainbow fairy wings in magic of the rainbow look also like butterfly it's okay it's different this time it's a different okay okay so uh until then thank you one and all for listening to the pink isle uh this has been this has been a fun one yeah i highly recommend this uh but, Emma, where can people know more about you? Uh, I write for USI The Shield. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, follow her on Twitter. Yeah, I got a Twitter. Yeah, she's real good. <laughs> she's, she's a real good 
type of lady friend person, which, uh, that's, that was bad <laughs> okay. the phrase. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, no, that's third strike. Yeah. The woke police are getting me. Woo. Oh, I'm so sorry. Open up. <laughs> oh, no. Anita Sarkeesian, please forgive me. You have me. been officially canceled. Oh, no. Dark mother. Cruel mother. Oh. Uh, but, um, yeah, as for me, um... Just to give an update to people who follow my YouTube videos, I, I'm in the process of my longest video yet. It's a video retrospective on the Moomin series. The audio is an hour long. So this is... This is gonna take a while. Bear with me. But, uh, until then, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a nice rating on your podcast platform of choice. Shout out to all of our listeners. I know that uh, we've been getting some responses lately talking about, like, during our hiatus, asking, like, when are we coming back? And oh, we I'm did? S- yeah, we did. And it's very sweet. And we're so happy that you enjoy this podcast with us. Thank you so, so much for listening. Your support means all the world to us. But if you want to support us further, uh, con- please consider, like, Chucking a dollar a month on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman, where you can support all of my work on the internet. And uh, alongside getting these episodes early, you can also uh, see, like, some exclusive video stuff from me. You know, if you want. Help keep the lights on. Anywho, uh, so I think... Emma, am I forgetting anything? Oh, I think it's time to sign off. There's only one thing left to say. Good. Rats. We're rats. <laughs> We're the rats. We pray at night. We stalk at night. We're the rats. I'm the giant rat that makes all <laughs> of the rules. All right. We'll, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>